Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Liz. And we host the Mom Deconstructed podcast. We interview moms to find out the real story of their mothering journey. Motherhood is the most difficult job there is, but unless we allow ourselves to create community and accept the help of others, it can be a very lonely endeavor. Let's get beyond the superficial, delve into the dreams that inspire us, the struggles that test us, and the conversations that connect us. You can listen to Mom Deconstructed anywhere you get your podcasts from the Parents on Demand Network and at momdeconstructed.com. Hey, I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. And this is the Doing It at Home podcast, the only podcast dedicated to empowering, loving, and honest conversations around home birth. What started as a fun way for us to document our own home birth journey has turned into a platform for sharing birth stories, resources, and education with the goal of empowering mamas and families to make the birth decisions that work best for them. Plus, we get into the antics, breakdowns, and breakthroughs of our own experience of marriage and parenthood. All right. You ready, babe? Yep. Let's do it, mama. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Doing It at Home podcast, and it's birth story time, so gather around. I know you're excited. We got a great one for you today. Real quick, before we hop into that, ways you can connect with us and listen to the show and hashtag all the things. So first of all, we are part of the Parents on Demand Network group of podcasts. A bunch of other really amazing shows are a part of the network, so if you have not checked them out, you need to. Go to parentsondemand.com. You can listen to us there. You can also listen on their app through your iPhone or your Android device. So go do that as well as check us out on social media. That's where you can connect with us, send us messages, comment, like, all that stuff, like I said. So doing it at home, uh, D-I-A-H podcast is our handle for Instagram, or you can go to dihpodcast.com is our website. Hashtag mombrain is at play as well. But um, you can also support the show and support us and keeping the lights on, so to speak, of the show, meaning just keeping it maintained and so that we are able to bring you awesome content each month by going to the shop and purchasing your doing it at home gear, your have babies where you make them shirt or let's talk home birth shirt. So check out the different styles and colors and sizes all there for you. And all of those links you can find in today's show notes, or you can basically go to our website uh, and find any of those links from there as well. Okay, today's birth story, we got to chat with mom and dad. So we're talking with Caitlin and Drew about their birth story. And pretty cool, both Caitlin and Drew 
are in the birth world. So both are birth workers. And so we talk about that a little bit. Um, Caitlin herself being an evidence-based birth instructor, birth chemistry educator, doula, and birth activist. So we clearly have some things to talk about here. Um, In addition to their journey to home birth and their pregnancy and what was a very fast experience of their labor and delivery, five hours. And so we get into some of the misconceptions that come up when you hear a fast labor you might think some things or you might think, oh, you're so lucky or that's so amazing that it went so fast. Well, there's more to it than that um, in the sense that you don't always get all the time to prepare that you thought you might have gotten. Um, And also Baby Harbor was a couple of weeks early. So threw some surprises at them there. Uh, So we get into all of the beautiful details of pregnancy, labor, birth story, and again, get to hear from both mom and dad's perspective. So pretty cool. I know you're going to love it. Here it is. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hi, Caitlin and Drew. Welcome to the podcast. How are you guys? Good. Great. Awesome. Yeah, we're excited to have both of you on the show today. It's going to be really awesome. So, Drew, thank you for joining us as well, and can't wait to just jump right in. Yeah. Thank you. So, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um, I am a doula and a childbirth educator. Um, we used to live in Monterey, California, and in Monterey, I was the president of the birth network there, and Drew was the treasurer. We just moved to Monterey. Um, oh, I'm sorry. We just moved to College Park, Maryland from Monterey. Um, and so uh, we're kind of renegotiating what it is, like what birth is in our life here. But um, we are uh, trying to get back into it. So I'm doing prenatal yoga and uh, I have one doula client so far and I'm getting some students now for my childbirth bed. What's the what's the birth scene like? Um, what are the differences that you're experiencing so far between California and Maryland? Um, it is different. I think uh, I was we were in a military community in Monterey, so it's just a little bit easier to network in a military community. Um, and I think more people maybe where we were wanted doulas and maybe wanted more natural childbirth. And I think here there's lots of people. So there's a big variety. And so there are people that want natural birth, but they might not know that they could be helped by a doula or childbirth education classes as much. Um, so maybe I think there is a little bit of a difference, but maybe not as much as you would assume. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, gotcha. And Drew, treasurer of the Birth Network, that's a pretty cool gig. Yeah, it was great. I was really uh, fortunate to be able to get involved with it. Um, I'm an active duty Marine officer, so I always try to at least look for some op- uh, volunteer opportunities. And with Caitlin being the president, I kind of got roped in as the treasurer, but it was a great experience because I got exposed to all of what the birth world has to offer from doulas to acupuncture therapists to midwives, um, et cetera. But it, it, it was a great experience out in Monterey. Yeah. So a Marine who can talk birth shop. I think that's super cool. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So then when it came time for you all to start your family planning, what were those conversations and what, you know, what did you know you wanted? What were some of those things that were, you know, on the table? I think we knew we wanted uh, either a small birth or a, a birth center birth. Um, I think initially I wanted an out-of-hospital birth center initially, um, and the, I attended a few home births as a doula, and I think I decided that I'd rather be at home because I really didn't want to have to worry about the transportation aspect mm-hmm. of going to a birth center. Um, my midwives just had just opened a really beautiful birth center in Monterey. I actually, like, cut the ribbon to open it. It was, like, this big deal in our community and it was such a beautiful space but um I thought a lot about it and I really wanted to be at home and not have to drive there and drive back yeah and Drew was really supportive yeah that's awesome I guess jumping back for half a second what got you into birth work originally or what what had you interested in that um, I watched the business of being born mm-hmm. a while ago and that really opened my eyes to um, to birth work, and then I took uh, the two labor doula training in San Diego in 2016 um, with Therese Hakun, and um, it, it was great. And when we moved to Monterey, I decided to change careers. I was a wedding planner before being mm. a doula. That's yeah. cool. So you just jumped ahead a few steps in terms of people's life experiences. You're like, I'm going to go to exactly. this one now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. So then uh, planning for your home birth, how how was moving through pregnancy? What were some of the, the things or resources if you utilized any? Because um, it's interesting, right? Like as a birth worker, I can only imagine now when it's you, you I mean, you have a lot of knowledge and resources and at the same time, like it's you going through that. So how was that whole dynamic? I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I it kind of actually felt like being a wedding planner, planning my wedding. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> because, I had, <laughs> because I had all the people, I had the chiropractor and the acupuncturist and the doula and the midwife. And I felt really supported. And, um, and I wanted Drew to make sure he took a childbirth education class. Our midwife really wanted us to, do that as a couple. So he sat in on one of my classes, uh, eight week series, um, to make sure he was on the same page in terms of information and what happens if there's a transfer and the stages of labor, um, all that stuff. So, um, but I felt like really prepared. I was really excited. Um, and I don't, I think maybe it just helps me not being, I don't think I had any fear going into it, which was nice. And I had a lot of great people on our birth team. 
Drew, I was curious for you, what was the preparation um, for, you know, f- for pregnancy and, and birth and all that? What was that like for you? So I think we started with uh, the baby book or something similar to that, which ends up being like a giant reference material that's impossible to read through. Um, <laughs> but I think what ended up being helpful for me were was the childbirth ed class that Caitlin taught. But I also kind of, as the treasurer of the birth network, I kind of was around that verbiage and, and lexicon enough that I, I kind of gathered a lot um, in person, and I really saw value in taking the childbirth education class. I think it definitely hit home more than reading through a book. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, because we were just having conversations this past weekend um, about you know like friends of ours who are pregnant and then uh, aren't really doing anything. Like there's you know there's there's not a lot of prep going on. Uh, at least intentionally types of, type of things. And then, you know, you have people on the other end of the spectrum where there's a lot of prep and it sounds like you guys found your sweet spot. I think we started oh. out kind of, you and I, Sarah, started out with a lot of prep intentions and then maybe did a little bit less at the very end. Mm-hmm. So I was just curious for the two of you, um, you know, choosing the acupuncture and chiropractic and the birth classes and those things, uh, were those things that were, you know, you always knew that you wanted to go into your preparation, you know, having completed certain things and, and um, having engaged in different things? Or was it something that you picked up along the way in conversations with midwives, recommendations? Like, how did your preparation come about? Um, I think I believed in the value of that stuff because I was teaching it and I was felt really strongly that the, especially the prenatal chiropractic stuff was really important for the fetal positioning. Um, and I thought the acupuncture was really great. I had really bad morning sickness and that was really helpful. So I kind of felt like I had to, uh, believe in what I was teaching and sort of, you know, I had to do it too. And, um, and it was great. And I think I, it's hard. We have friends too that are pregnant that I don't feel like are doing enough prep. And it's hard to watch and not say anything um, because I feel like the preparation is so key. It, it shouldn't have to be, but it's just the society that we live in. I think it really does. If you're trying to have an unmedicated birth or you're trying to have an, an uncomplicated vaginal birth, you actually really do need to do a lot of prep. So um, I try to, I try to just, to my friends that aren't my clients, I try to just, um, you know, live that way and show them, you know, what a great birth I had. And hopefully they're inspired to go the same route. But for my students, I, I really stress how important all that stuff is and how important all the prep is. Yeah. yeah I think we were fortunate in Monterey. We had a really good community that a lot of that stuff was affordable. Yeah. Most of those folks really supported each other on it. Um, so I think in that way, we, we were fortunate to be in the right place at the right time to get the support that Caitlin uh, wanted and was able to get. Yeah. And so who did you all plan to have there at the birth? Uh, so we planned for Caitlin, myself, uh, the doula, and then the two midwives. Mm-hmm. Uh, we definitely looked into doing a birth photographer. Um, but I, I think ultimately we made the decision not to do it just because of um, the amount of people in the room. And, and that was just a personal decision. I don't right. think we have anything as birth photography. It was just, we are like, hey, how many people we want here? And I, I think we cut off around the dual and midwives. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I totally understand that. And and knowing what your you know capacity, let's just say, let's just use that word, like knowing what that is for you for the experience that you want to have, your personality, you know, what you want um, the flow to be like, I think is really important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So then tell us about the time leading up to birth, like those last few weeks or, you know, as you were realizing that things were getting going because, you know, as we'll get into from what I understand, one thing, once things kind of got started, they got started. So what was it like before that was clear? So for the home birth, our midwives gave us a, uh, you know, a standard supply list. And I all were excited about that because I could go out, buy it, prepare it, like prep the shower to make sure we could fill up the uh, indoor bathtub. So I got really excited about doing that. <laughs> and that was probably about four weeks out. And I felt super prepared up to that point. Um, but I think Caitlin can kind of talk to, we felt very prepared and then we quickly didn't feel prepared at all, uh, uh, rather quickly. But we'll, you can talk to her. I think that I felt fine. I, the last month was great. I had a lot of energy. Um, I was really sick at the beginning, so I was just happy at the end to have a ton of energy. Mm. Um, and I sort of had a feeling that we might go into labor earlier. Um, but it's not really the kind of thing you tell people because you get a lot of people say like, oh yeah, sure. All first time moms think they're going to (laughs) go, go before their due date. So I kind of was keeping that feeling to myself. Um, and I also sort of had this intuition that it was going to be pretty fast, but I, again, I didn't want to jinx it. I didn't want to like think about that too much. I always tell my students to think of their 42 week mark as their due date just so they had some have some patience and so I was trying to really feel patient and like I didn't want to I wanted to just assume that I would go to 42 weeks just for my own my own benefit um and I told friends and family like you know it probably won't happen for a few more weeks but I I think I did have an intuition that it was going to be sooner than that um and then leading up to the birth I would just, I saw my chiropractor a few times a week and, um, I I was, I was before my due date, so I wasn't doing any natural induction methods yet. Um, I wasn't getting acupuncture for that yet, but, um, yeah. So in that sense, it did kind of take me by surprise when, when things started, but, um, I also, you know, there's a huge variety in labor, so I wasn't that surprised. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and how did you know that things were getting started? Um, I had, went to see my chiropractor that morning and I was feeling really weird, like just kind of crampy and weird and emotionally a little weird. And my chiropractor said, you either are really pissed off at someone or you're going to have a baby today. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he had some great predictions throughout my pregnancy that turned out to be true. So I definitely believed her. Um, and then I drove home that day and took a few walks with my friends. I had like a few cramps, but I didn't, nothing that I felt like was strong enough to be called a contraction. And then, um, and then I cooked dinner and then my water broke. And that was, you know, it's so cliche because it's one of those things I tell people, you know, labor doesn't usually start with your water breaking, but mine did. Oh gosh. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. It's like you had to experience that so that now you could have that example, right? If like that's what you teach your students, Definitely. then of course that has to happen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wow. Okay. So water breaks and then mm-hmm. what What starts happening? Um. So my water broke um, and I think pretty quickly I started having much stronger contractions. So I think up until then I would have described them as just cramps. It kind of felt like indigestion cramps. And um, I've had like kidney stones and cervical cysts and stuff. So I, to me, like the pain wasn't that bad. Um, but then as soon as my water broke, um, they started, the contractions started being stronger and they, I think we like thought about timing them, but they were pretty close together already. And I kind of knew that, um, we didn't need to time them. Um, and I think pretty quickly they were two minutes apart, maybe within the first 10 minutes. Um, and uh, I went to the bathroom and I kind of realized that this was it and it was starting. And I, um, the chaotic part was that, um, Drew didn't really realize what was happening and I had to communicate. I'm having a quick labor while I was having a quick labor. And so I think the communication was hard because I was in labor trying to communicate the fact that, um, this was happening really fast. And I had attended, some precipitous labors as a doula. So I definitely knew what was going on and I knew that it wasn't, nothing was wrong. So I wasn't, didn't have any fear, anxiety about it. I just, I knew that I had to communicate to my midwives and my doula and my partner that um, things were moving really quickly so that that they could prepare themselves. So I did not know that this was going to happen so quickly because... (laughs) All of the childbirth education classes I went to told me that it was about a two to three day labor and all the stages of labor Caitlin was going to go through and, and um, she definitely didn't. So, yeah. But that's where it became a surprise. All of my staging of supplies and stuff went out the window. Um, so it became kind of hectic that night. Gosh. So when... When uh, Caitlin was describing the challenge in communication, was were you guys like face to face and and you trying to communicate that way, or was it via text or phone call? Like, where was the challenge coming in? Yeah, so he was home. It was nice. We had just eaten. <laughs> well, yeah, we had just eaten dinner. Um, we sat down on the couch and watched TV, and her, and her water broke. Um, but what I didn't realize was the timing of the contractions were so close. I think they were less than two minutes. 
um, which meant that we bypassed most of the stages of labor at that point. Yeah. Um, and, and I was just not moving quick enough. And I usually do move pretty quick. So it was, uh, yeah, I was just not prepared at that point. <laughs> what was going through your mind? Yeah, we had like dogs that we had to take to the neighbors, and we and I was telling him to put water on the stove. And I was like more concerned with, so we didn't do the birth photographer, so I was more concerned with setting up our DSLR camera to like make sure all the pictures got set <laughs> up right. And Chitlin was telling me the camera was not important at that time, but yeah. in the back of my mind, it's like I know she's going to care that these pictures don't come out, you know. So I, I just I did not get the sense of urgency. Wow. This um, is not a drill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And looking back, like it really, he, it really wasn't that urgent. Cause I, I didn't, you know, I ended up being in labor for five hours, but I think I just felt really anxious that my midwives weren't there yet. And so, um, I just wanted everything to start. I think because I am a planner and I had planned out a birth playlist and I had planned out like, exactly where I wanted to give birth on the birth stool, but I wanted to be in the tub for a little bit. So I think because I had all these plans, it was stressful that I was, I started labor so far into the process and none of those things, like my playlist wasn't on and the tub wasn't ready. (laughs) I wasn't in my birth outfit with the sarong that I was going to wear. So I think it was more stress. I knew the baby wasn't like coming right then, but I think it was more stressful that it like, the home birth wasn't looking how I thought it was going to look at that point in labor. Yeah. But it was a quick, we figured it out quickly. Right. Right. So then how did the next five hours flow? And then what was it like having birth team arrive? And then as you moved into, you know, before baby arrives. Yeah. So, um, I called my midwife and I said, I, well, first I said my water broke, but I'm going to try to sleep. And she said, yeah, try to go to sleep. Then 20 minutes later, I said, I can't sleep. They're two minutes apart. So she called and she listened to me labor on the phone for one contraction. And she said, okay, I'm going to come over, um, but I won't call the other midwife yet. She came over 20 minutes later, maybe 30 minutes later. I was already on hands and knees on the floor having contractions. My doula had just gotten there too. And she took one look at me and called the other midwife. Um, And so they both arrived. They were both there probably within that first hour of labor starting. Um, And then um, uh, she was a little worried that my labor was progressing. Um, She didn't know if my labor was progressing as fast as, you know, I kind of knew it was. And so she asked if she could check my dilation because she just wanted to make sure that I wasn't still in early labor, but just dealing with it kind of poorly. So I said that was okay, uh, because I was curious too. And I was seven centimeters dilated, so things were moving quickly. And then they set up the tub. Um, I got into the tub and um, labored in there for maybe an hour. Um, Hutch was, or Drew was really good at doing double hip squeezes. Um, so he did that for the most part. He got in the tub with me and was helping me in the tub and doing the hip squeezes. And I was squeezing my doula's hand. So they were on either side of me. Um, and then I think because it was such a fast labor, um, my body kind of got ahead of itself and I felt the urge to push 
And so I got out, but I really wasn't ready yet. And I got on the birth stool and um, it just felt wrong. It felt kind of pain, like kind of a sharp pain. It just didn't feel right. Um, and my midwife told me to reach in to try to feel the baby's head, but I, I couldn't feel any head. I just felt cervix. And so she went, she asked if she could feel, and she said that my, I wasn't fully dilated yet. So if, if, if I could, I was going to get back in the tub and try to keep laboring without pushing, which was really hard. <laughs> um, and I I did like horse lips and I hummed and I sang along to the music and I really tried to relax and I was floating in the tub. And then about 20 minutes later, I think I felt, I felt different. I felt more ready to push. And um, I had a little bit of a cervical lip. So my midwife melted away the cervical lip during a contraction. And then the baby's head was, I was fully dilated. And then I, um, I really wanted to use the birth stool because I'd never seen anybody give birth on a birth stool before. And I used to always lug my birth stool to the hospital and tell these births I really wanted to use it. Um, so I was really determined to use the birth stool and I got out and I pushed on the birth stool. I think I only pushed for nine minutes, I think like three or four pushes and, um, he was born. Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> Even the way that you, you share the story, it sounds quick. You know, like, wow, yeah, it just, everything just yeah. moved. Yeah. I think I was, I don't know if it was, I was just ready or, you know, if he was in a great position or I don't know mm-hmm. Yeah. what it was. But yeah, it was pretty, it was great. And I think I, especially the pushing was very painful. And mm. I, I remember sort of feeling like, grateful that it was going so fast because it was so painful. But then later on, I've talked to people and I said, you know, I think it was so painful because it was so fast. Mm. <laughs> um, Cause I've seen, you know, 35 women give birth and I don't always think it's the pushing phases can be sort of a relief for, for some people and it can be like a, a nicer phase of labor for some people. So it definitely was not that for me, but I think it was just the, that it was going was just a little made it made it my body wasn't um stretching at, at a slower pace it was going so fast so I think that made it more painful mm-hmm. I can understand that so it's like you were just kind of I don't know like on the bronco like holding on yeah. oh yeah. wow well I'm a fellow birthing stool birther so high five oh, there nice. yeah <laughs> um that so then what uh, I mean, what was it like then when he arrives, given like just the nature of how the past few hours had gone and then the nature of the pushing? Was it a bit of of mm-hmm. shock? Was it relief? A mix of things? Like what was that moment like? Um, it was definitely a relief um, that it was over because it, the, the pushing phase was um, not fun. And so I think I did feel – I remember feeling – gratitude that wow his head is here already like that just felt so fast to me I'd seen I've seen a lot of epidural births and the pushing phase can last hours and so I think I knew it would be faster on the birth stool um but I think it was still a bit of like like wow this is so hard and then oh my gosh it's so it's going so fast like thank goodness it's going so fast because it was so hard um um but uh, it was also so un- uncomplicated and that made me very thankful as well. Um, 
and I, I had a small tear, but it, I didn't, it was nothing that I was concerned about or yeah, mm. it was great. And Drew, where were you when Baby Harbor came out? So I, I, I was with Caitlin in the tub for a while, um, doing a lot of hip squeezes and such. And then when she transferred to the stool, I was right behind her, um, just kind of like massaging her neck and back a little bit. Um, but yeah, I did not realize it was happening that quick. Going back to the childbirth ed classes, I, I knew the pushing phase, or I, I was instructed the pushing phase was rather long, and, and in our case, it ended up pretty, pretty short. Jeez. So how was it to be like in the action and in your child's birth, watching your wife, your partner move through that? I mean, that's a big shift, you know, from treasurer to now like birth partner and papa. So how is it like kind of bringing your birth work full circle? I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when Caitlin was a dual, or doing dual clients, like I was just here secondhand how the mm-hmm. birth went. Um, and it's still hard to envision and, and really understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but watching Caitlin go through the birthing process and being a part of it, and I definitely felt like I, I helped a little bit. I don't know if Caitlin would agree. Um, <laughs> no, he was great. <laughs> and I definitely felt I felt connected um, throughout the entirety of it, and I was really grateful that uh, we were able to have it at home and uh, everything worked the way Caitlin Envision minus maybe the precipitous labor. That's funny that you said you were behind me rubbing my shoulders because I don't remember that. Mm. I only remember you being on one side when the baby came out. He was sort of to my left. But that's that's great. I don't. That's funny that you remember that because I don't remember that part. <laughs> that's cool. But yeah, he was great at doing double hip squeezes. That mm. was he was really beneficial in that way. So needed. Yeah, so I mean, needed. Yeah. when needed, so needed. Well, and as a doula, <laughs> as a doula too, I kind of like I was directing him what to do because he was very opinionated about how he was going to do the hip squeezes. <laughs> but during, during the classes, I was apparently terrible at them. So I really yeah, that's <laughs> true. You were. That yeah, but at game true. time, that's when it matters. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And th- it's not easy. Hey, I, I was I was there doing it with Sarah, and I had somebody helping me, and I was still tired. So you you were mm-hmm. doing it by yourself, Drew. That's awesome. But it was it was short though, right? So I don't know how much longer it could have done. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> my doula would have my my doula was great. I just really wanted a ha- some hands to squeeze, and I squeezed them so hard she had bruises on her hands the next day. Mm. <laughs> I felt so bad about that. Wow. Um. So. Caitlin and Drew, if you wouldn't mind, if you're open to sharing, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before the interview, Caitlin, how beautiful birth, amazing, you know, beautiful, healthy baby boy. And at the same time, you know, there's an element to the way that your birth flowed in terms of time that, you know, a lot of us have the idea around it, especially someone who hasn't experienced a birth or a birth like that might look at just the sheer facts of your birth and be like, oh my God, you know, you're so lucky. That's so awesome. Like so quick. Um, but it's not that simple, right? Yeah, I think, I think because I, um, had thought a lot about my birth, there were things that I wanted to have happened that just didn't happen because I, A, didn't have time or B, we weren't ready to set them up. So I think I felt a little bit um, sad about, about those things. And I kind of was really looking forward to like an active labor where I could slow dance with Drew and 
you know, really feel like yummy labor hormones. And I, I just didn't like my brain just didn't have time to make all those hormones that, um, I talk about and I've seen people, I've seen people have them. And so I think I felt a little bit sad that I didn't have that kind of labor, but, um, I felt, I still feel only happy feelings when I think about my labor, but I do think it just was a different experience than I was anticipating. And then on top of that, I think people also assume that it was easier because it was quicker. And I think it makes it harder, but for different reasons that it was so fast. So, you know, it was still really painful and I still had a lot of painful postpartum recovery. And I still, you know, had, I had all the, I went through all the same feelings. It just was in a shorter amount of time. So I think sometimes in birth, it's sort of that like double-edged sword, like you can have a, a quicker, more painful labor or maybe a slower labor where the pain is a little more spread out. So it's, yeah, mm-hmm. but I still, I still am proud of it. I still view it like if it was my birth, I wouldn't change anything about it. And it was so uncomplicated. That's usually the word I mm-hmm. used to describe it. It just felt very uncomplicated and, and, and which I am so, even though there were weird things that happened, I still felt like it was, I understood what was going on and um, nothing was scary or unknown. That's like the beautiful thing about having midwives at a home birth is that when weird stuff happens, they're explaining it to you and you're part of the decision. So it never felt medically scary or it never felt complicated that way. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. I, I love all the points that you just made there. And for the, the piece of, what you shed light on about, you know, a a short labor or a short, quick, fast birth. Um, I think it validates, you know, it validates other mamas who might've had a similar experience and maybe couldn't dissect some of the feelings that they were having about that, or even understand, you know, the breakdown of what you were saying, like you move through it so fast, you don't, you don't sink in those hormones. You don't like take all of that, you know, in the time frame that others might. Um, so I feel like it validates women who have had that experience and then also, give some perspective and awareness for those who might have had a different one and, and thought some type of way about what that kind of birth is, or for someone who hasn't experienced birth. I think it just, you know, it sh- it shows all of the variations, all of the uniqueness um, that's important for us to understand. Yeah. I had a, my chiropractor actually, when I saw her postpartum, she said, don't let anybody tell you that you got off easy or that you're so lucky. Like you, like you're welcome to feel sad. You're welcome to feel disappointed in any, in any part of your birth that you want to like, don't let anyone else tell you that you shouldn't feel that way. And it was the first time I was like thought about it. And I was like, yeah, there, you're right. There were some things that I'm kind of sad about. I don't think I ever felt gypped or anything. I think I, I still love had a beautiful birth, but it was nice to just know that I had the, I was allowed to feel other ways about it too um I don't dwell on those feelings but in the you know two three four weeks postpartum it was just nice to allow my brain to go there for a little bit I appreciate you bringing that up um you know in your correspondence with us before we jumped on this podcast because I admittedly was the type of person who would just look at the end result and say well did you have a, a, a healthy baby is everybody okay? Mm-hmm. All right, great. So whatever happened during the experience, let's, you know, just let's just put that aside and focus on the baby. And, you know, 
we, it was a mom sometime last year. So I don't remember exactly who it was, but you know, she she kind of told me, well, you know, just because the everything turned out okay doesn't necessarily mean that you know the 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 mom or the partner doesn't have some sort of you know trauma or things that um, they didn't enjoy about the experience you know throughout the whole experience. Like you can't just push those things aside, and so that really opened my eyes to the fact that yeah, you know what, you know things. If something doesn't go as planned, like you can feel some type of way about it, and it's it's okay and and healthy to just embrace those feelings in the moment and you know and and acknowledge them. Um, and so I'm I appreciate yeah. that that my eyes are open to that, and I really appreciate you, Caitlin, for bringing now this side of the conversation to it with a with the fast labor and the quick birth. Because once again, I think there's a lot of people out there that might think to themselves, well. Everybody would want to have a labor and birth just like Caitlin and Drew. Of, of course, that's exactly what you want. You want it to be fast. You want it to accelerate quickly and boom, baby comes out. And that's the type of thinking that I had in the past. So um, I really do appreciate just you first in your email to us, just wanting to have this part of our conversation where we really do, you know, remind everyone listening that, you know, things things don't always ha- go the way that you want them to and yeah, it's great that that baby came out super healthy and mama's healthy and everybody's healthy. That's awesome. At the same time, let's acknowledge those feelings that we have because they're there and you, and you want to acknowledge them. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And so I thank you for the time to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and so now what's it like when you two have a uh, birth conversations with people whether it's in the birth work world or friends or family, you know, having been through this experience together? I would say how great it was and I'm, I feel, you know, you don't want to evangelize too much, but I, I love talking about our birth to people. Yeah. I think I just encourage folks to explore all the options uh, before listening just to what their pediatrician recommends. Um, And then I just support whatever decision they decide to. And that goes from pregnancy, birth, and into parenting. I think it's very hard to critique anyone's, um, decisions and you just got to be supportive of everyone and just let them know what our experience was and, and the pros and cons of what we did. Yeah. That's yeah. the best you can do. Yeah. Hmm. And that's how you give back, you know, through kind of what you were saying, Caitlin, with, you know, the friends that you don't want to push too much on or whatever, just kind of being who you are and living by example and showing what works for you. And, you know, that's when someone will be inspired, whether it's friend, client, or someone that doesn't even know you, you know, think about who you might've impacted that you haven't even had a direct conversation with. I mean, who knows, um, at the chiropractor's office or, you know, with your (laughs) midwives, things like that, that, you know, someone might be interested in looking into that for themselves or taking it and and making it their own, you know, making it fit to what works for them. Um, that's what I just love about when you take that approach. It's just, you're just being who you are doing what you do. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mm, I love that. Uh, Caitlin and Drew, you guys are awesome. I appreciate yeah. you so much. Um, I know <laughs> listeners are totally jamming on this and just super excited that they got to hear both your perspectives and just all the things you had to share. Um, so if there's any way that people can connect with you around birth work or, you know, in the, in the area, um, do you also connect with people like virtually or not in your area? Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, my Instagram for my business is honored birth. Um, and we're in College Park, Maryland now, but, um, 
yeah, D- the DC metro area um, mm-hmm. is where we are now. Um, but I talk to people on Instagram all the time. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, I'll include and links also, to that. Yeah. I'm an evidence-based birth instructor too. So I've got trying to get involved with that as well. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. Well, we'll include ways for people to connect with you, learn more about you, or just learn from you um, in the show notes and then any other you know, way, Instagram, all that great stuff when we yeah. uh, publish the episode. Um, Kaylin great. Drew, thank you again. Yeah. Thank you so much. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved. Datages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higg. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Datages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.